Hey, 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 top of the morning, and welcome to the Auspicious Wellness Optimal Wellness Podcast. Come on in and have a seat at the virtual table. But before we all come in and get assembled, as some of you are coming in, I want to welcome you in. We're broadcasting live and in studio. We do not do ordinary, but we endeavor to bring you an extraordinary and informative session, an informative episode, which is evidence-based, and trust and believe me, well-researched. This is your hour of wellness, your power hour of wellness with the Auspicious Wellness Experience. My name is Deborah Smith-Torrance. I am your host. I am a certified life and health coach, a manufacturing cannabinoid molecules. I own a CBD company. I am an IT developer, government supplier of medical supplies, certified, and also a certified woman-owned small business, certified woman's business enterprise, and a certified minority business enterprise, and post-acute medical supplies of medical supplies and equipment. That was a lot. (laughs) We are broadcasting live in studio on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Alexa, Podcast Addict, Podchaser, Deezer, Listen Note, Podbean, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Castro, Castbox, Spreaker, Player FM, and FFMPG. And trust and believe me, it's a lot more. I just need to add them to the list. It's a lot. So wherever you are in the world, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. It's time to dig in. It's time to dive in. I mean, like going all in, you know what it is, and drill down. Take this thing apart, put it back together again where it makes sense. And most of all, make this true to you where you can actually take this information and process it. You know People have been coming into their virtual seats. I think everybody's getting there. By the time I finish with the disclaimer, hope everybody's all seated and accounted for. So come on in and take your seat. I want to give you our disclaimer. This podcast is not intended to treat, cure, or prevent treatment with your physician. Always contact your physician and medical provider for treatment and medical care and advice. With that part being said, I want to say I have missed you all terribly And with guilt, much guilt over the last two months. And today I'm taking the time to tell you about the talk that I've been talking and the walk that I've been talking because I am talking the talk and I am walking the walk. I've been so busy in the last year getting certified as a minority business enterprise, state government and city government and federal government, that it has been a lot for me. But once you start a process... The fear of not getting it done and getting to the other side and then understanding that you've done this, you've completed it, and you did it. You actually did it. You got in. You rolled your sleeves up. You did the work, and you're better for it. To work through this has been an exhausting process. I was very fearful. So that's what why today's episode is called The Other Side of Fear. And we're going to really dig into that process of how different people process fear and how it resonates to them. I have been very fearful of not measuring up, not being able to understand the language and the process of certification. In doing this, 
I went even deeper. I became a post-acute medical supplier. And that and that that's that that's a lot. With CBD supplements, micronutrients, it's that's a lot. And even more, and also in medical supplies and equipment. I started this journey in November of 2020. And it's almost November of 2021. I had to work through fear to the process of being accountable. When you become accountable, you don't even, you, the fear doesn't even register anymore. It's at a point that you're feeling like I committed to this and I have to do it and I'm going to see it through. And I want to learn the process. You are learning. You are taking in so much all at one time that you, the fear is not even there anymore because you're vested and you want to get going. So today's episode is about the other side of fear because I don't want you to get stuck in fear. I want you to understand about working through fear and the processes that we take on and being stuck. And, and that's just a place that you can't afford for your body to be mentally, physically, emotionally. You can't afford to get stuck. Because it has consequences, trust and believe. So let's get started. Fear is an emotion that has different outcomes in life. If I were to tell you how we process fear could be looked at as different outcomes depending upon who we are as human beings and our mental process of being our emotions as, in, as you know, our emotions as individuals. Because fear to one individual, fear could be super debilitating. To another individual, they can come in and fear can be a needle mover. Like, you know what? I need to get past this. I I need to understand how this thing works. So curiosity removes the fear. And then focus comes along with the curiosity. Fear can be the innate primal human instinct to protect, survive, and trigger a fight or flight response. And that's the place you do not want to be stuck in fight or flight. If you get stuck there, that's the worst thing that you can do to your body on a physical level. It really is because it, it, it the outcome is not good. So before we get into today's podcast, let's look into the emotions as our baseline for exploring emotion. Why? Because fear is an emotion. I want to get deeper on the scientific findings about emotions because remember I told you we're going to put it in there, put it out there, take it all apart, and then put it all back together again where it makes sense. And living with fear is just not something we want to do because it can just keep you so stressed out and needle you and needle you and needle you and wear you down every day. Either you give up or you move through it. You just say, you know what, today is the last thing I'm dealing with this mess. I'm getting it done. Or you know what, I just can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. I want to hear you say, I'm getting through this mess. I'm getting it done. I don't want to hear you say, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. So let's discover. Let's go on this trip together right now and get into the discovery mode. Fear is one of the basic emotions identified. So what I want you to realize is a basic emotion identified in a study by fear. One of four basic emotions as identified in a study. And I want to, I really want, and then there's another one, the six basic emotions. And this one right here is a widely accepted theory of basic emotions and their expression developed by Paul Ekman. 
Today, I'm going to outline who and what this is. And then I'm going to also explain to you who Paul Ekman is a little bit later. Paul Ekman suggests we have six basic emotions. They include sadness, happiness, fear, and anger, surprise, and disgust. Sadness is an emotion state characterized characterized by the feeling of disappointment, grief, or hopelessness. And, And we show this by expressions of frowns, loss of focus in the eyes, tear. Like you you sit there and you see someone and you're explaining something to them and they're not able to focus, they're not able to process. You see someone sitting there and tears start to well up in their eyes, okay? Or they have a frown line. And it's hard to really understand what people are feeling because you can't always understand because some people mask their fear. They mask their emotions. But these are expressions, which is the frown, the loss of focus, tearing in the eyes. And then we go to happiness, a pleasant emotion, you know, state that elicits feeling of joy, contentment, and satisfaction. And what is the expression? Smiling and laughter because they're happy. That's an, that's a happy expression. Then we have fear. This is where we're at a primal emotion that's important to survival and trigger a flight or fight response. It's either fight or flight or flight or fight, but I always seem to say it backwards, flight or fight, but it's really fight or flight, okay? Expressions, wide eyes, tense, stretched lips. And then we have anger, which is not healthy, an emotional state leading to the feeling of hostility and frustration. The expression is glare, eyebrows, drawn together, tight lips, looking angry, looking mad. And then this one of surprise, a brief emotional state, either positive or negative, following something totally unexpected. Expression, raised brows, open mouth, gasp, like, oh my goodness. <laughs> Disgust, a strong emotion that results in feeling repulsed. Expression, wrinkled nose, face off, frowned up, gagging, don't want to even look at you, just get out of my sight. <laughs> and so these are some of the theories of basic emotions. And there are also other theories of basic emotions that exist. They include, but aren't limited to, the will of emotion divided by Robert Pluchik's Great eight basic emotions in a pair of opposites. And what he did is he took the opposite behavior and he paired them together. So now let's start talking about who these theorists are. Robert Pluchek, he was born October 21st, 1927, and he died April 29, 2006. He was a professor emeritus at the Albert Einstein College of Medicine. And not only that, he was an adjunct professor at the University of South Florida. He received his Ph.D. from Columbia University. He was also a psychologist. He authored or co-authored more than 260 articles, 45 chapters and eight books, and edited seven books. His research interests included the study of emotions, the study of suicide and violence, and the study of psychotherapy process. Now we know who Robert Pluchek was. Let's go back to his published theory, The Will of Emotion, as he identified the emotions of in Paris, the opposite of eight basic extensions. I'm sorry, emotions. But what we want to just, what we're focusing on today is fear. So let's go to his, the opposite of the eight basic emotions. So for joy, the opposite is sadness. For anger, the opposite is fear. Okay, so remember anger and fear. Trust, the opposite is distrust. And surprise, the opposite is anticipation. 
Four Basic Emotions Based on the Research Institute of Neuroscience and Psychology at the University of Glasgow suggests there are only four basic emotions that I said in the very beginning. And the four they outlined is happiness, sadness, fear, surprise, anger, and disgust. And there, there's fear. In every single theory, there has been fear. In every single one is fear. And so then we look at basic versus complex emotions. Unlike basic emotion, complex emotions vary in their appearance across people and cultures. Some example of complex emotion includes grief, jealousy, and regret. Remember that, grief, jealousy, and regret. Because those are some of the emotions that you deal with when people fear things. You know, some people have grief because they're in fear. Some people are jealous because they fear what's next. And they have fear because they're not able to accomplish some of these things that they feel that they want to. And they start to exhibit regret about what they've done, that they very well could have done this themselves. So when we take these complex emotions, and they're made of two or more basic emotions, for example, fear and anger, disgust make up the complex emotion of hate. Because you have all of those to hate. But again, in hate, there's fear, anger, and disgust. So that's what leads to hate, because you fear. That's like a bully. If you take a bully... And you put a bully in a room with a bunch of bullies, they're, they're all stronger together because they're going to bully someone. But if you take that same bully and put that bully in a room with one person and that person rises up, that bully will cower. Because there's no one there to egg them on. They'll cower. They'll start to stumble over their words. They'll start to deny, I didn't say that. I didn't feel like that. This person made me do this. That's because at that point, the power is gone. Their power is gone. So let's look at the basic emotion, complex emotion. And I don't want to get you all confused because we're going to get to the good part. We haven't, we got any, no, nowhere near that. Because when I start writing, I start writing. And sometimes it takes me a moment. I swear, this piece I worked on for over a month. I put, I picked it up, put it down, researched some more, picked it up, put it down, researched some more because it was so complex to me that I needed to make sure I understood it so that I could under, so I could really explain it to you. And so then, and I could take it apart and put it in basic ideologies that you could get and understand. And trust and believe me, it's coming. It's coming. It took me a moment to write it, but it's coming. And I took notes. Sometimes I'd be in the car. My husband would be driving. And they're saying, you know, I'm writing something else down. I heard something. I'm writing that down, researching that, blah, blah, this. I'm just thinking about, remember this time, this felt this way. So it takes a minute to give you the, give you the best that I have in me. But I'm here. So let's go to the basic emotion, complex emotion. Expression is, is universally recognized. Expressions varies and can be hard to recognize. So let's say, for instance, you put uh, 20 different people from 20 different countries in a room, and not one of them speak the same language. Not one. But one sees one smile. Someone hands someone something of theirs, and they're sharing and this person is smiling. They don't know how to say thank you, but maybe they're, they're surprised. So they have a look of surprise on their face and a look of fear. 
And then when that person takes it and eats it, they're all on an island and no one knows anybody. And that person takes a piece off and eats it that's trying to give it to and share. Then that person smiles and eats it. And then they're tr- the next thing is trust. And the first thing was distrust. And so everybody is like, what's this? And so we're surprised this person did this. But now I'm walking you back through these emotions. Because all these people on this island, all these people even out on a, on a deserted island or in a room do not know each other. And they don't speak the same language. So they haven't built up trust yet. Okay. And the people on the island are, are you know, they don't know what to, they're feeling. So they're not happy. So definitely they're sad. Okay. But one person comes along and has a cookie and decides to break this cookie up and give it to everyone. Every, so the first thing after this person tastes and says, it's not poison, I'm sharing, the next person tastes and smiles. That's the next thing. So the next person smiles and they get a piece and they get a piece. So that is complex, basic emotions with complex emotions. Okay. And these are pro- produced automatically and they require cognitive processing. So just walk you through cognitive processing. And pure, and it can't be deconstructed or made up of multiple. It can't. It's not deconstructed in any way. Okay, emotions, both basics and complex, play a huge role in how we live our lives, in our physical health, in our interpersonal relationships. Emotion change how we see the world and how we interpret the actions of others. And that was from the professor Paul Aikman. Emotions reveal, recognize faces and. Faces and feelings to improve communication and emotional life. Okay, now you may ask, who is Paul Erkman? Paul Erkman is an American psychologist and professor emeritus at the University of California, San Francisco, who is a pioneer in the study of emotions and their relations to facial expression. He ranked 59th out of 100 most cited psychologists of the 20th century. Let me outline something also because Paul Aikman and Robert Pluchek were both professors emirates. Both of them were. What is an, a professor emirates is a retired college professor, professor or minister. When a professor stops teaching, he or she might be given the title of emirates, which basically means she can he or she can still be remembered as a successful professor because of their contribution to their work. And so when these professors were able Robert Pluchek and Paul Ekman were both able to achieve this level as a professor to, to always be remembered, their work always to be cited because they had started to interpret and understand emotions. And so one of the most emotions that I really wanted to go over today more than any other emotion is fear. The, the, this, just let's go back a little bit. The one emotion you hear most of all in all of these theories is fear. Whether it be a basic emotion or a complex emotion, fear is an emotion listed in the four basic emotions, the six basic emotions, and the eight basic emotions. So let's go back again for a moment. Complex emotions are made up of two or more basic emotions. For example, fear and anger discuss, they again, as I've said, they make up hate. And without speech, our expression tells us more, again, as this universal language, because our expression is universal. And there is a difference to fear and our reaction to fear. And I refer to this as the other side of fear. 
fear and listen to what I'm saying. Fear itself isn't a problem. Our reaction to fear and how we process fear internally and mentally is the issue. Let me say it. Fear itself is not the problem. Our reaction to fear and how we process fear internally and mentally is the issue. Are we able to work through it? Are we, are we able to work through to discovery? Running away of facing or facing your fear is the fight or flight response we internally process as human beings. So let's let so now let's get into it. Now we're about to get now that I was able to break down the four to six and eight basic emotions and all of them having in common is fear. So let's really get into fear. What are the downfalls of fear? According to an article from the University of Minnesota, the impact of chronic fear living under constant threat has serious health consequences. And that's what I want to get to. Physical health. Fear weakens our immune system. It can damage our cardiovascular system. It can damage our gastrointestinal system. And we start to have problems such as ulcers, irritable bowel syndrome, and also decreased fertility. It can lead to accelerated aging and even premature death. Memory. Fear can impair formation of long-term memories and cause damage to certain parts of the brain, such as the hippocampus. This can make it even more difficult to regulate fear and can leave a person anxious most of the time. To someone in chronic fear, the world looks scary, and their memories confirm that. Brain processing and reactivity. Fear can interrupt processes in our brain that allows us to regulate emotion, nonverbal cues also and other information presented to us. It also reflects before acting and act ethically. The impact our thinking, that this all, a lot of this impacts our thinking, our decision-making in negative ways, leaving us susceptible to intense emotions because we don't trust anything or anyone anymore. The, the emotions become so intense, and then we start to react impulsively, all of this effects can leave us unable to act appropriately and also to even to to even outside to to even operate in a social settings with people also mental health other consequences of long-term fear include fatigue clinical depression and PTSD these are things that we can't afford not to do we cannot afford not to work through our fear but instead of saying what not to do, later on we're going to work on some things, some exercises and thoughts that I want to really, really share with you. Because sometimes part of this too today is because we don't know how people, when we have family members or we hear about someone and they're going through something or they're not able to actually interact with people because they've been through something for so long, you might not understand how this really reacts to them or how they're feeling or acting or how they're feeling inside and how this is affecting them mentally and physically and emotionally. It's hard, okay? And so let's go even more. Where does fear affect us negatively if we're not working through it? Did you hear what I just said? Where does fear affect us negatively if we're not working through it? It affects you in the workplace. It, ref- it affects relationships. It affects marriages. It affects family, friendship. It, it can even affect your livelihood, contracts, health, income, divorce, mindset, depression, 
anxiety, PTSD, and stress. By the time you get to depression, anxiety, PTSD, and stress, you might have lost everything that was even that even meant anything to you. You might have lost it all. So you just can't af- you can't afford to stay in that flight that with that fight or flight response. You just can't. You can't run away. You just can't run away from your fears. You have to challenge your fears. So let's talk about this. Would it be better to sit down and face your fear and get into that which is greater in your life, which is intended for you? Getting to a better life, living life, feeling life, seeing life, deciding what you want, deciding what works for you, making positive decisions, positive interactions with your spouse, your family, friends, the co-worker, extending your network of people, extending and growth and growing, peeling back the layers, pulling off old dried up layers and coming up for air. Wouldn't it be better to say this is weighing me down And because of this weight, I'm peeling off these old layers and leaving them where they belong on the ground where they're going to perish. And I'm coming up for air. I want to breathe life. I want to be able to live in life. I want to be able to flourish in life. I want to be able to get to that which is greater. I want to get to what life has in store for me because I've done the work. I put in the time. And I'm open and I'm open up to being, I'm more open now than ever to being mindful of my surroundings, my situations in the most positive way. Close your eyes for a minute. Inhale slowly. Just take the deepest breath. Just do it. Just hold it for a minute. Hold it. Now let it out slow. And when you get through letting it out, Let it out. Just come on. Bring it out now. Just. (sighs) Blow it off. Get it out. And now this is now the work begins. This is my life. And I own it. I'm in charge. And if you believe it, this is your first step to working on your belief system. Renewal. You, this is the beginning of your renewal process in you. And it all starts with the mindset of getting what life has in store for you, of getting to what is greater. Not something that I'm just going to have a problem. No, getting to what is greater. And how are we doing that? By taking charge and saying, this is my life. I own it. And I'm in charge. And what you do does not determine my outcomes. It, do, it does not determine what I'm going to do with my life. It's just not going to. And guess what? It is your life. And that's the most important thing. And you will follow and build your own trust system within yourself. That is one of the most, most important things. And the, with the discovery, it's time for you to go on your journey. The expedition of life, your life, with every breath that you fill your body up with, exploring and traveling within your inner focus of what you need and want. This is to remove fear so you can live. This is life. Starting, li- starting to live, this living in your purpose, this is your life. This is the beginning of you starting to live in your purpose and claiming what is yours and this is your life. What is yours is your life. In the most meaningful sense, 
in the deepest part of your thought systems, within your body, your mindset, who you are, and your belief system of what you believe in. You must believe in yourself. If you don't believe in you, no one else is going to believe in you. And you have the God-given right to believe in yourself. You have the right to flourish. You have the right to grow. You have the right to be mindful in your process. So so that's part one. Next one is career, taking a chance. Confronting your fear of not succeeding and taking a chance on you. Stepping out on faith and believing that you are a true needle mover. You are the sure bet of who you are. You are the winner of your life and you're going to take control of it. You are the ultimate decision maker of your life. Tell yourself, I am the damn deal and I am. I am going in and I am getting it done with self-discipline and self-belief in me. If you fall down, okay, get back up, brush brush yourself up and try it a different way. And even, even if you need to regroup, try it a different way on a different day. Regroup and get back out there. That's the most important thing, regrouping and getting back out there. And I'm gonna t- let, I want to show you an example for someone who regrouped. And got back out there and just changed their whole life around. I want to look at James Cameron, famous movie producer who produced Titanic and Avatar. If I told you this story, because I didn't believe it, I had to read it again and again and again. <laughs> After high school, James Cameron enrolled at Fulton College, a community college in 1973 to study physics. He switched the subject to English, but he left college at the end of 1974. So he started in 73 and he left at the end of 74. Okay, so people probably say, oh, this dude is going to be a bum. He's done. He, this dude is done. He worked some odd jobs, including that of a truck driver and a janitor. And he started to write in his free time. Did you really say he was working as a janitor and he was working as a truck driver? Imagine the people that were going in a professional capacity, probably executive level. They were just walking past him, this dude right here. Okay, that's just a janitor. Oh, well, that's just a truck driver. Let me load it up. That, that That's just somebody that, you know, gets something from A to B for us. Okay. But guess what? During this period, something sparked in him. He learned about special effects by reading other students' work on optimal printing and also on front screening projection and dye transfer, anything related to film technology at the library. He started learning this at the library. After the excitement of seeing Star Wars in 1977, Cameron quit his job as a truck driver to enter, to enter into the film industry. And the rest we know. Then came Titanic and Avatar, two of the top grossing films in Hollywood. Jane saw the world through his eyes and gave us all a glimpse into the reality of cinema and alter reality and imagination through film. And now he's one of you. You say his name, James Cameron. Okay, where's the script? (laughs) I said, where's the script? What do we need to do? All the A-listers come running. But he got on this journey. He went on the journey and he took a chance on himself. He took a chance on saying this right here is not working for me. So I'm going to go over here and I'm going to take some downtime and I'm going to figure out who I am and what I want to do. And I'm going to take control of what it is in life I want to do. And I'm not going to operate in fear. I'm going to operate in the journey 
of figuring who I am, what makes me tick, what makes me work, what what how what can I what will my contribution be to the world and and the way that I see the world. And he saw the world through animation and film. And look what his contribution has been. So here's another step. Relationship and marriage. Remove toxic people and put them on the shelf and take them down when you need to. But safeguarding you. And some people may have to stay on the shelf for a lifetime. They just might have to. Because then you have other people that you can grow with in relationships and marriage. And let me give you an example. Let me just, let me just give you an example. You have one couple who starts and they don't have much. They, ha- they, 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 they have, all they know is they have each other. They know that. Then you have another couple that has everything. And that couple, but they don't have each other. They don't have each other's backs. They don't share. They don't, they don't, they just don't see eye to eye. They just live in the same house. But anything other than that, they're not on the same plane. They're on two, they live on two different planes and their reality is we're just married and that's it. Then you have the other couple that just doesn't have anything but each other. Who do you think is going to become the most successful, loving couple? Because it's going to be the ones that don't have anything. You know why? Because they love each other enough. They're going to love each each other enough to lift each other up and to make sure the other one has to a point that I'm giving the best of me because I love you that much to give you the best of me. And they're going to start succeeding. They have a belief system established already. They already have a foundation already. And the rest is going to, it's not, might not be that easy, but they're going to find their way along the way. And once they look back, they're going to say, see how far we have come. One of those couples I can tell you is Mr. Keith Torrance and Mrs. Deborah Smith Torrance, which is my husband and me. We started with nothing. When I say nothing, I mean nothing. And people be up on us so bad just for being together. And so we had no choice but to dig deep and get it done. But first, we at least we knew we had the foundation. We knew we were in love and we're still in love to this day. And we, and we just go in and get it done. And we just keep building. But now we can look back and say the foundation we did establish to have, to, to, to have absolutely nothing. Then you have the same people that just beat you up because they don't want people to, to draw. They don't want attention drawn to their personal life, which is a hot mess. And then guess what happened? Those people that had nothing start rising up. And the same people you see on the way up, you see them on the way down. And it just depends on where you are in that process because it's all about how you conduct yourself as people. It's about how you treat people. It's how you receive people and how those people receive you. You should never judge people. Never, never, ever. Okay? And so someone can come along in your life with the best intentions and genuinely want the the best want you in the best ways and we can run 
because we've been through so much in life, we start to judge everybody until you start to lose out on what you really, truly deep down desire inside. So you have to stop judging people in the worst ways. And if you're on the side of judging, trust and believe judgment day is going to come for you. Okay? You need to drop the baggage, get you a brand new shopping bag, open it up, because you need to start life differently. You need to get rid of the old shit that you're carrying around, being a bully. I don't give a damn what it is and who it is. If it feels like baggage, then it probably is. And you need to get rid of that. And you need to come back out to the world as a more humble person, as a more giving person, as a person that judges less. Because while you're busy judging you, who do you think is judging you? Why you why, I'm sorry, while you're so busy judging other people, who do you think is judging you? Who? You understand what I'm saying? You can have some people that can come in your life so gentle like a quiet storm and put out fires and calm the hectic seas. And at the same time, they could be working on themselves and each other gently and with understanding. And those people are building a foundation. And then you can have a foundation, soulmates, whatever you want to call it. And then they become one. My husband always tells me we are one. We are one. And he did all that for me. He did calm my seas, my hectic seas. He did do that. And so did I do the same for him because we knew we had each other. But then you got those ones that come in and they judge and they do all this because they're operating in fear. There's that word again. They're operating in fear because they don't know how to get the most simplest things in life which is love. They don't know how to get to love. They don't know how to find love. They don't even understand what love is. Less known being in love with someone or someone being in love with them because they haven't experienced it yet. But at the same time, you got people living their whole life operating in fear and and people feeling like they have everything in the world, but they really have nothing that's tangible, which is just human interaction. Bullies bully people to stay in their lives. Then you got people that people just can't get enough of. What do you want to be? You want to be the person that you just people just love you and can't get enough of you for all the right reasons, not for personal gain, non-transactional, but but just because you are a person that they really want to be around. They find that times when they're with you or around you are some of their most, most memorable and fun times. That's what we all want in life. I know I do. That's what we all want. So let's, let's get to the next one. That You see what I'm saying about that fear, how fear makes people act? It's not good. Fear can cause you to lose out on a soulmate because you've been done so wrong in so many different relationships. So when the right person come along, you run from them too. You don't know how to slow down and, and say, okay, Someone could genuinely love me. Someone can genuinely want me for me and see the best in me. Or someone can come into your life that you're so busy, you're at the top of your game and you're paying for everything. And then when you have nothing and the dust settles, the same people that you judge and treat it like dirt are probably the only ones that's still there. And they're just saying, okay, the situation you used to be in, the roles have reversed. The situation we used to be in, I'm still here for you. I forgive you for everything you've done. Don't find yourself in that situation. If 
find yourself in a situation that you're going to treat people the way you want to be treated. Quit judging people. Stop it. Now, next one, abuse. That falls right after the judging, abuse. In the last part of relationships, let's look at one of my heroes. I have so much respect for this woman. None other than a beautiful, timeless beauty, Miss Tina Turner. She endured, she lasted, she dealt physical, she she dealt with physical and mental abuse for years until one day she slowly started to find her inner peace. She had fell down so low there was nowhere else she could go. Sometimes we go down so low that there's nowhere else we can go. And someone comes along and says, let me give you an olive branch. This non-transactional, there's no price tag on it. She found spirituality was non-transactional. And sometimes spirituality will lift you up on your darkest days. And I'm telling you, it will. In your darkest hours. We all know Tina Turner went through some things. She finally said, I, I'm not feeling like this today. No more beatings, no more brow beatings. And when she meant, I'm not feeling this today, and he put his hands on her in that car, and he started beating her, she did what, when you, when you know, that, that, that basic instinct to survive, when you get tired of being hit and fought and beat, and don't, you know, this is to the bullies. When the person, when you're the perpetrator, and the person that you have been doing, just, just being cool in the worst way, when they turn around on you, you're not going to be able to deal with it. Because she turned around on him. And she beat his ass in that car. Right along with him beating her, she beat him. Okay? And she she said she fought back. She didn't go in the room and go to sleep because he told her to. She didn't cover up her bruises this time and get on stage with makeup. She didn't do it. She said, enough is enough. And one day, she had so many people around her that believed in her that she never knew believed in her. Until one day she had to understand you were the show. She was the voice. She was the timeless beauty. And God lifted her and brought her out. She ran with the only thing she had, which was her name. She said, all I want is my name. Some of us might not even have a name that's famous, but that's okay. Take that name and do your thing. You have the right to peace and nonviolence in your life. You have the right to remove mental abuse. Tina took her name, reinvented herself, overcame her fears. She reinvented her style of music. We all know what happened after her, after that. You know what I'm saying? What happened through her through her art, through music and film. She She's now a Grammy Award winner. Everybody knows, private dancer, what's love got to do with it. She let people know through her music. Love didn't have nothing to do with what she went through. She danced right on out of Ike's life with private dancer to her newfound sense of freedom and independence into a new marriage later on of who she was and what she did and did not want. And she did so well that she could afford to live in a different country. Tina Turner did it on her terms as a Grammy award-winning solo artist and actress. She did it on her terms. She did it when she was ready, but when she was ready, she knew she was ready. And when she decided to drop the fear and just say, even if I have to start all over again, I'm just going to do what I have to do. 
I have a voice. God gave me the voice. I have my name, Tina Turner, and I'm going to run with this name and I'm going to do my thing. And that's exactly what she did. And so can you. So can you. You could do the same thing. Okay. So let's go to family. We're working together and we're building in love. Some will and some won't. You know, some family members will work with you. Some won't. Some of them will do things in love and some won't. The ones, the ones that want to meet them where they are, love them from where they are, but from a distance, if that's what it takes, the distance has to be, you have to determine what's safe for your well-being. Sometimes we have to accept the fact that we can't change people. They have to want to change. People will become angry, but love them from a distance. In order for you to want more, you have to do more. Lead by examples that others, I promise you, will follow. And then again, they just may not. But you have to stay on your journey. You just have to. Your journey of growth, resilience, moving through the unknown, which is always easier said than done. But you are ready. You're ready. You are equipped with mental army to level up, to scale up in life. And not just life. Your life with a purpose, a meaningful life. It's yours. You have to get in the driver's seat and drive the damn car. The journey is your freeway to self-discovery and the most meaningful purpose. You are driving towards success. That's the other side of fear, success. So let's drill down. Fear. Fear is a natural, powerful, and primitive human emotion. It involves a universal biochemical response as well as a high individual emotional response. Universal because what? why universally? Expression. People understand expressions universally without, the, without understanding of language. Okay? And those responses as well as high individual emotional responses is how we interpret fear as an individual. Fear alerts us to the presence of danger, the threat of harm, whether that danger is physical danger, psychological danger, emotional danger, or the fear of the unknown. And we just talked about working through the unknown. And if any of this sounds familiar to you, I want, to do, I want you to do this. You have to say, I want to do this. I want you to do it, and you have to say, I want to do this. I want to work through it. Does this really, really sound, let's, let's talk about the fear of the unknown. Let's, let's see how familiar it can be to you. How many times in a day do you say, I want to do this, but I don't know what all I have to do. If someone comes to you to an opportunity, well, I don't know, because I don't know what all I have to do. Or if someone comes to you with another opportunity, I don't know. This might be too hard. I don't know. I'm just not sure. Or someone or something or, or something else. Someone comes to you again. Well, I don't know. This is not something I know a lot about. I just don't know. Or somebody comes to you again and, and says, you know what? This is something you need to do. Well, if I knew more about it, I could make a decision. Well, what the heck? When do you when do you invest in yourself? Instead of you saying, if I knew more about it, okay, go find out about it. If it's something that you don't know about, go find out about it. If you think it's going to be hard, try it anyway. If you say, I want to do this, but I don't know, I don't know what all it, I have to do, don't worry about that. If you really want to do something different in your life and have change and have meaning and be more purposeful, 
you can't do any of that until you go on the until you go on a journey. You can't do it. Nothing has to be a cushion. A life is not a cushion. Not everything you do in life, there doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be where there's a cushion to catch you. If you fall, oh well, get back up again. Everything you've done in life to this day, you had to start somewhere. Every day, all day long, we are making decisions. We are learning to walk, learning to drive, learning a skill day. The first day of school, fear is learned. But why? Because it's unfamiliar. This new thing that doesn't feel natural. Once you conquer it, you start to feel success. I learned to what? I learned to do what? I learned to walk. Now I'm walking without fear of falling. You are now driving without fear of an accident to be, become second nature. Let me jump in the car and I got to go here. But remember the first beginning when you first started to learn to drive, your hands was on the wheel, on the um, sternal wheel so tight. You was perspiring, eyes so doggone big, heart beating because you were behind this machine and you were operating the machine. Your new job. You go to the job, get on the job. You become vested in this job. You become vested where you want to become part of the process in the job. You want to make a difference in the job. You want to figure out how to do things differently to save the company money. You want to figure out how to interact with people for human capital talent to make people be optimized at their best. Their work performance to be at the best. To, to recognize as one of the best workplaces. The promotion comes because now it's been recognized and realized that you're one of the best at what you do. And guess what? The other side of fear is success. Purpose. Conquering feels fear helps you move into your growth process of skill set processes. Understanding and the discovery of your purpose will lead to community impact, network building in a professional capacity, stepping outside of your familiarity of family and friends and taking the journey to more, the discovery of more, the discovery of processes and practices in life, establishing a new network, a business network. Discovering what you are capable of achieving, what you can do and will do, and where it's best served and impactful in the most positive ways in your life. What can encompass love, career, relationship, family, friendships, business networks, human capital, talent, and business networks, including yourself, non-transactional social capital, leading to knowledge, leading to growth, leading us to the next phase. Man, this is something. Growth initiates purpose. Without purpose, there is no growth. And last of all, success. Why success? Because we're working through our fears and getting to that which is greater. So let me recap this for you. Let me recap it. You leveling up in life. You becoming a soldier. <laughs> you leveling up in your life. You're moving into non-discovered, undiscovered territories, leading you to transformation. Your transformational process, leveling up, scaling up in life met with success. Come on, somebody. Come on. Let's, let's get it. Let's get it. Come on. Your transformational process, leveling up and scaling up in life, and you are now met with success. This has been a lot for me in the last two months. I swear to you. In the last two months, I've, I've cried I've smiled. I got a couple of days where I had to regroup, where I needed to just check out 
so that I can understand the process. Sometimes you have to check out so you can discover where you came from, where you are, where you are and where you're going. You have to look at it and then you decide, how do I want to move? <laughs> That's that transformational process. When you get to the point where you can decide how to move, it's a beautiful thing because there's a difference from deciding how to move and just going through life by the seat of your pants. Because when you put the work in, you establish the foundation. When you do these things, then you can decide how to move. And it's not easy and it takes time. You cannot get there overnight. It takes time, but you have to be all in to get the job done. You have to be all in to get to the next level in life. Your life is a process, a never-ending process where we make thousands of thousands of decisions all the time. We make in a day, we probably make a hundred decisions in a day. We we do. But imagine a person that's stuck because of fear. They can't move forward, they can't move backwards, they can't move sideways, they have to sit in the same place. They can't make a decision to drink a glass of water. They can't make a decision to get up. They don't have the strength to get up. They don't, they don't have the, the only thing that they have is fear until it's encompassed them to that. They can do nothing else in life. So you have no other choice, but then to work through your fears. And when you do there's success, every decision that you make in a day, when you make a decision to, I need to go to the bathroom, my stomach hurts, that's a decision. <laughs> when, you make, when you make a decision to get up and lock the door, that's a decision. When you make a decision to roll over in bed because this hurts, I'm laying here too long, let me roll over to the, uh, that's a decision. When you make a decision to put your foot on the floor, that's a decision. There's thousands of processes that we go through in a day that are based on decisions. But when it comes to the most important decision of decisions of all, which is getting you to the next level in life, all those little bitty decisions make up one big decision. And that's the foundation. You have to decide to move to get you to your transformational process. And welcome to your transformational life because you, you're listening. You're listening to me right now. And I know you're going to take something that I've said today and take that away and use it in the most positive way. Come on, somebody. I want to thank all of our listeners all over the world that listen, the United, all over the world. I just want to thank you because this podcast has gone all over the world now. And I'm super excited. I got an um, email from a company that told me you're number 77 in South America in wellness. And I was so busy working. I couldn't even do anything because I was so busy working in this process I've been working on. And I couldn't do anything. And I was so, felt so guilty because every week I kept wanting to work through, through this, the other side of fear. I, and I was working through it the whole time so I could come and talk to you. <laughs> I was doing it so that I could. If you want to, if you want to set an example, you need to be an example. If you want to lead by example, you need to be an example and not just be lying about it and not, not doing it. You need to be working. You cannot come to people and, and perpetrate that you are successful or you're, you're working towards success when you at home doing nothing when the lights go out. It's just going to catch up to you. And, and now that 
some things that I've worked on, I've achieved the right to be looked at. And there's a big difference in, in achieving the right to be looked at. That's, that's a big difference. I was on the phone because I had a, um, I had a, um, mentoring group um, of personal mentors. And I don't want to say where it's from, but it was from one of our fortune 500 companies that um, assigned me a personal mentor. And I was crying and I was saying all these things that I was working through and doing and, and this and this and that. And, and the lady said, hold up, Debbie, well, hold up a minute. Do you know what you're experiencing? I said, no, I don't know. And I just started crying. I don't even know where it came from. We were on a Zoom conference. She said, you're experiencing success. And you need to slow down and take it in. What, you, what you're doing, you're experiencing success. You're one of the most prepared people I've ever met in all my time of doing this for this organization. In this accelerator program, you're one of the most successful. You are successful. You don't even know you're successful. That's the bad part about it. And I said to myself, what does it feel successful? I've just got to do this and I need to get this done. And you get it done when you can get it done. As long as you're getting it done, that's the most important thing. (laughs) That you're mindful that you need to get it done. So what I do is I, my phone, I program my phone. And then I have my journal. I journal. And I journal every single day. And I write down the things that I'm supposed to do and I cross them off. When I get them done, even if I have to go back 10 pages in the journal, I did get it done. And that's the thing that you, working through fear, you will get things done. So I'm going to say to you, get it done. If you need to have a journal to write things down and cross them off as you're getting them done, my journal goes everywhere with me. Everywhere I go, it goes because I never know when a new idea is going to come up. I never know when I hear something that I need to research that's going to come up. And so this is my journal for success. The other side of fear is success, my friends. And so this has been one for me today. (laughs) You know what time it is. It's time for me to vacate the seat. This has been the auspicious wellness, optimal wellness experience. I have another great podcast coming out next week which we are in studio recording this week, already for you next Monday. (laughs) So I don't have to feel guilty that I didn't come back to you. I just want to tell you, I love you. I want you to stay on your journey. I want you to stay connected in who you are and where you are. I want you to stay mindful. I want you to be mindful of your decisions and how they impact or could impact you. Remember what works, what works and execute it. Remove what does not work. Stay proactive, stay purposeful. And you know what? The biggest thing of all is that I want to say to you is that love you. It's time for me to relinquish the seat. And the seat is now vacated. And guess what? I'm out of here.